Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. At age 38, exactly one year before he was assassinated in Memphis, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said the following in his famous Beyond Vietnam speech at Riverside Church in New York City. Quote, every man of humane convictions must decide on the protest that best suits his convictions but we must all protest, end quote. Whether it's taking away rights from women in America or undermining the Supreme Court in Israel, whatever moves you to protest or not protest, watching the horrific circumstances that resulted in Tyree Nichols' death is hard to stomach. It's never okay to normalize the beating of black bodies, regardless of the aggressor. And it is understandable to feel outraged. Responsible, nonviolent civil disobedience, whether in America, Israel, or any democracy, is a good thing if and when it leads to justice for Tyree and the thousands of others like him. Judaism commands a shared responsibility in seeking justice, respect, and humanity for all. I knew Tyree, or Ty, as those of us with the same daily obsession of going to Starbucks at Saddle Creek early every morning called him. And while I wasn't part of the core group of four, I knew Ty well enough to call him a beautiful soul, always kind. We had a significant conversation Thanksgiving weekend. His core group of four was composed of Ty, age 29, James, 45-ish, Perry, 62, and a member of the Temple Israel Congregational family, Alan Costin, who I think is close to 80, even though he seems like 60. Two blacks and two whites, three straight, one gay, a very diverse group. I would overhear solving all of the community and world's problems. And Ty held his own with this group. He was very thoughtful, intelligent, fun-loving, a man of great character. The term good guy is used very loosely, but Ty was the true definition of the phrase. Alan emphasized to me, beyond being a symbol and sacrifice for long overdue police reform, he will be missed 
by everyone at Starbucks, those of us who knew him. Said Alan, I already missed the daily fist bumps I would get from Ty upon my arrival at Starbucks. Yes, my friends, moral conscience and nonviolent protest is a commandment in Judaism. And we learn this from the rabbi of the Reformed Jewish community in Berlin during the Hitler regime, Rabbi Joachim Prinz, who, in case you didn't know, was chosen to speak immediately before Martin Luther King at the 1963 March on Washington. Only 18 years after the murder of six million Jews in the Holocaust, it was Rabbi Prinz who was asked to speak just before the I Have a Dream speech. And it loops all day downtown on the big screen in the heart of the museum built around Memphis's historic Lorraine Motel, the National Civil Rights Museum. You can see Rabbi Prince say that as Americans, Jews share the concern of millions of people about the shame and disgrace of injustice and inequality. And he emphasized that as Jews, it's doubly profound because of our history, like this week's Torah portion in Exodus. We are a people who began in slavery yearning for freedom. So what motivates the Jewish spirit, including and beyond the savage killing of Tyree Nichols, is not just sympathy or compassion for the black people of America. It is a sense of complete identification born out of our own painful historic experience as a Jewish people. When God created humanity, Rabbi Prinz declares, and I quote, God created each of us as everybody's neighbor. Neighbor, the good rabbi said, is not a geographic term. It is a moral concept. Neighbor means that each of us has a responsibility for every other person's dignity. That is how we Jews sanctify God's name most in this world, by becoming neighbors, irrespective of geography, and by seeing our lives as potential lights of morality wherever we live. In yet another 1967 Reverend King sermon shared by the New York Times columnist Jamel Bowie, King urged his congregation to experiment with nonviolence in all areas beyond the struggle for racial justice in the United States. But to do that, he said, your loyalties must transcend your race, your tribe, your class, even your nation. No nation can live alone, he said. And so long as nations try to live alone, the more we're gonna have war in this world. And here comes the line you've heard. We must either learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we're all gonna perish together as fools. The main idea he seems to be expressing is that all life 
and all people are interrelated and interconnected. Quote, we are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied to a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Most do not think of King as a democratic theorist, but that's what this 1967 sermon shows. He was making clear what a peaceful and equal society demands, mutual recognition of each other's humanity here and everywhere. We can't wall off our humanity into tribal sects, including in Israel, where Prime Minister Netanyahu's band of bigots are explicitly undermining Israel's democratic institutions and most basic civil rights. I see some shocked faces. In case you didn't know, the current extreme right finance minister of Israel, Smotrich, leader of the so-called Religious Zionism Party, he advocates annexation of the entire occupied West Bank containing more than two million Palestinians. And with his newfound power in the Netanyahu coalition, he is now in charge of the budget for construction of the Jewish settlers in the West Bank. The new minister for national security, you can't make this up, Ben Gavir, co-leader of the Jewish Power Party, he's already been convicted for inciting racism. And he began his tenure last month ordering police crackdowns against protesters, peaceful protesters. And he made a deliberately provocative visit to the Temple Mount, the flashpoint for violence in Jerusalem. And equally scary, Netanyahu's coalition is moving quickly to undermine and intentionally weaken the judiciary, the very same justice system that is prosecuting Netanyahu for alleged corruption. So whether in Israel or America, people have lost their minds. From criminals with no regard for human life, to bad cops, to corrupt politicians. But the road to a just and more perfect union is rarely short and never easy. And we learn this week in the Torah that God takes our ancestors the long way through the wilderness. There are twists and turns, even U-turns. This is true not only for Jews, but for all groups that have fought for freedom and justice. You may ask, why didn't God take the Israelites the easy and short way after escaping the brutality of Egypt? The great medieval commentator Rashi interprets it this way, quote, it would have been easy by that short road to return to Egypt. But God wanted to teach the Israelites the importance of perseverance. God was afraid that if it was easy, they might return. In other words, if they had an easy time of it, it would be more tempting to turn back to slavery if things got rough. What's the title of Nelson Mandela's autobiography? No Easy Walk to Freedom. The same was true of the struggle of Soviet Jews to gain their freedom in the 1970s. The same was definitely true in the story of Israel and Zionism. It was no easy walk. 
we are determined as a city and faith community to make Ty's life a blessing and help assure that he did not die in vain. We are also determined as a Jewish people to help make Israel a democratic light unto the nations and assure that she does not die from destabilizing extremist forces with billions of government shekels to wield their power. Everything happening outside these temple walls is a call to action. The killing of Tyree is a call to end the beating of people of color, to celebrate the good cops and get rid of the bad ones. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is a call to action to defend Zelensky and the Ukrainian people and never to give in to Putin or his murderous bullies. The normalization of Jew hatred and anti-Semitism is a call to action to name it and not ignore the mainstreaming of Jew hatred, no matter what your politics. When it comes to justice issues, we can either be part of the solution and affect genuine strategic change, or we can enable the perpetuation of bloodshed through violent means by just looking the other way. My friends, may our Jewish faith restore our sanity, and as we learn this week in the Torah, perseverance and strength to march on in a nation and world gone mad. We shall overcome the inequality, inequities, and injustices, but only if we come together and address them together rather than run back to our comfort zones. I want to close with the words of our prayer book on page 55 we didn't read tonight. Disturb us, Adonai. Ruffle us from our complacency. Make us dissatisfied with the quietude which arises from a shunning of the horror, the bitterness, and the poverty, both physical and spiritual of humans. Shock us, Adonai. Deny to us the false Shabbat, which gives us the delusions of satisfaction amid a world of hatred and war. Make us know that the border of this sanctuary is not the border of living, and the walls of your temples are not shelters from the winds of justice, truth, and reality. As we never stop dreaming of a more wonderful world, and as we give thanks each Shabbat together, may we also feel spurred and stirred to action in light of the darkness befalling our city, our nation, and our world. And let us say, Amen. Amen.